From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey guys, welcome back to the debate. We're thrilled to have you with us. And uh, if yeah. you're just finding us on the podcast, just know that we've got a lot of videos on YouTube and elsewhere that mm -hmm. are really mm -hmm. all about the reviews of the cars that we recommend. So if you found our podcast and you're just tuning in, welcome, thank you. But we've also got a lot of videos, so check those out yeah. online. And uh, just a quick note about uh, the folks who contributed to Patreon just this week. After we yeah. talked about it last week, thank you very mm -hmm. much. We really, really appreciate it. We've noticed a bump in that, and so thank you very much. That just helps us. It's going to go straight towards making content. Really, that's that's where it's well, going to yeah, go. And somebody, somebody wrote to us and said, hey, I just wanted you guys to know I became a patron, but I didn't give you much. And I was like, didn't give us much? A dollar helps. I know it sounds <laughs> yeah. crazy. I mean, seriously, yeah, if a great. tiny fraction of our total listeners and viewers contributed on Patreon, it really does change what we're doing. And we're trying. I, we've got more details coming up on this later soon. We, we're just trying to get a lot of things lined up prior. But the short version is we're trying to do significantly more content this year. Same quality, but just quite a bit faster. We're trying to line things up. So that, right. that Patreon money is a big deal at this transition time. So thank you to those guys that have already uh, jumped in on that. If you're interested in supporting the show in any way, trust us, it matters. So we'd love to have you on Patreon. And if you don't want to do that, hey, be sure your ad blockers are off because that's a big deal as well. That's a great idea. Yeah, make sure your ad blockers are off. We've got some fun car debates tonight, and mm -hmm. I am kind of proud of myself because I came up uh -oh. with a car that we uh -oh. have never recommended on the show. At least I don't think so. Okay. So I'm kind, of, right. I'm kind of excited. It's not, well, have, maybe I'm making too one, big of a deal here. I, I have sure. one off in the weeds, too, but we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Uh, keep going. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I, I, I think it's going to be kind of interesting because we, we've got two debates, and you could, you could argue that the – they're both looking for similar cars, but I think we've got suggestions that are differentiating enough because their needs. And well, mm -hmm. first is yeah. Eric. Uh, Eric doesn't say where he's from, but he's he's an RN and he's got a bunch of extra letters after his name, which means he's probably in the medical industry and very smart and lots yeah, of degrees. Smarter than so, we are. Yes, moving on. Uh, congratulations, Eric. That's fantastic. Eric is looking for something in the wagon. He likes wagons. And he's got a baby on the way, so we've got some suggestions there. Eric's funny to me, actually, because he's looking, he thinks he needs a wagon because he has a baby on the way. I don't know that wagon is the answer, but anyway, keep going. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, it's like, we're going to tell you what you, what you need. You think you need something else, but we're going to tell you. Thanks for writing in, but here's what the deal is. Anyway, go on. Just kidding. All right, Matt in Wisconsin. Matt is also a fan of wagons, uh, mm -hmm. and I, I'm getting the idea that he's got a lot of extra needs besides just yeah. sports driving, yeah. which mm -hmm. is what we focus on. But he's got some extra needs there too. So I, it, it's for Matt that I have this special car okay. that I kind of right. dig and I'm excited to share it. Okay. All right. Well, before we get to those, we really should talk about the New York Auto Show uh, that has had a couple of interesting reveals. We should talk about those a little bit. The two I actually want to talk about, one is, and they're, and they're, we're going to talk about them for totally different reasons. One is the Cadillac, the first reveal of their new naming convention and their new almost halo sedan. They're saying there's going to be one above it. But the new Cadillac CT6, we should talk about that big guy. Cadillac has clearly found its design language in the past decade. 
which I really appreciate. And now they've gone to the the logo without the wreath around it, and so I think that's offered a, even more styling options. It just I it just agree. seems to have freed them up in terms of pushing their styling forward. And as soon well, as I saw this car, I liked it. I, I really starting, appreciated it. Starting with the ATS, they've also altered that design language again and have created their own, for lack of a better way to put it, their own Audi-style signature lighting element. You know, Audi, when they went right. with the with the, the ring thing, then everybody else decided to make their own, and BMW has their halo lights, and everybody has their kind of, their kind of thing. And starting with the ATS, Cadillac has got this, this you know, side corner LED piece that is now on all their cars, which I think is a great-looking element, and that has refined their styling further. When I look, though, at some of the angles on this CT6, and this is not a bad thing, it feels very Audi A8 to me. Take off the front grille, look at the side panel, it feels very A8. Which, I agree. Hey, Nothing wrong with that, but it is interesting to see that that Comparo. Um, and this is the new Cadillac A8 or 7 Series competitor. And, yeah, I'm looking at a side picture here. It's shocking how similar it is. But, it I mean, they all large. look about the same. You know that? It is large. It is very large. But here's the, the couple of things about this I think are interesting, where Cadillac is really kind of doing a throwdown of their own. They're not offering a V8, which is very interesting. They're staying in the turbo world. They're right, still offering right. plenty of power. I mean, we're still talking about around 400 horsepower, which is what you want in one of these big sleds. But what they're talking about is a curb weight. Now, now I want to stop for a second because I, I'm going to kind of call you out here a little bit, Paul, and, and rightly so because you always are hammering on U.S. automakers for weight. I now, am. I, I know others are as well. We're not alone in that. But, but it's one thing that you're always talking about, and I, and I agree with you. I mean, the, traditionally, the American automakers, weight was a selling point, and they can't wrench themselves from it. And yet, here is Cadillac. One of the big points they're making is this is as big as an Audi A8, which weighs in the mid-4,000 pounds, but it's going to weigh less than 3,700 pounds. To put it in perspective, this big boy is going to weigh less than a Chevy Camaro. Well, that's a great point, and I, I like that you brought this up because, yes, I do hammer the Americans for being heavy, but the European large sedans are no lightweights themselves. After they Not add all. all the electronic gizmos all. and stuff to it, those mm -hmm. those sedans, the, the ones that we're talking about this comp competing against, those are really heavy cars. They're it feels big like cars. You know, we're back to the 60s in terms of automakers just ignoring weight for this class and that's okay because of the way technology's going yeah. and the kinds of clientele that these cars serve. Now, to hear Cadillac doing this, that is a that's a fresh that's a fresh piece of news. Honestly, yeah, I, I really love this and I think that's going to be a big selling point because that's going to directly uh -huh. translate into a better driving experience. Don't think of this car as your your black car, you know, service. It's going to be driven by people who love driving but still have the need for this kind of car, I think that's going to really differentiate what Cadillac's doing. I mean, now it's beyond styling, you realize. It's it's going beyond just the, the form language and the design language mm -hmm. that they've created. Mm -hmm. You take one look at this car, you know what it is. That yeah. means you've you've arrived. You're, you've done it. You've accomplished what you set out to do. So now, what are the next things you need to, to go after? Well, interiors, things like the, mm -hmm, the Q system. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't know what that's going to be like. But certainly weight and the driving yeah, characteristics here. of this car, keeping that engine lightweight, 
everybody's doing turbocharging, and rightly yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. I think it's well. fantastic that they're doing this. It's going to be every bit as big, but hundreds of pounds lighter. And and pick any car class out there, and 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 we're pretty consistent in this, you and I. Typically, the lighter cars in any car class are the ones we like better. That's not random mm-hmm. that that happens. It's because when you right. take that weight away, I hate to hate to be in a Colin Chapman uh, Lotus world here, but but the truth is, when you take weight away. Everything is improved in the way a car feels because of the way it responds. So to have one of these big boys like this, it's actually going to be kind of lightweight. That is quite an interesting move on Cadillac. I I still don't like CT6 as a. I don't like that whole new naming convention. But this yeah. is an interesting car, and that is. And I also am fascinated by the fact that they have kind of led with the news about the weight because I do think that's the big news story. But that is not what you expect when somebody says, "Here's our new luxury sedan." By the way, have you heard what it weighs? That's not typically the way the press release goes. But that sure. is the case here. I think the naming convention is honest, though, whereas I think the Germans have gotten so strayed from what they originally set out. It it called out engine displacement. Well, Mercedes mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. the biggest violator of their own naming convention that I've ever seen, sure. even yeah, though yeah. we accept it and we love it because their engine, their, especially their AMG engines, are so powerful. We just kind of yeah. nod and smile and, and lap it up. But a CT6, it, it tells you what it is, and I feel sure. like it's honest. It also leaves room yeah. for this being... You know, what if it is a CT4 or a CT8 or something else mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that that's differentiates it even further? I like that it's it's just simple and honest for those reasons. Okay. And right. since we're talking about this car, I, I know you have another one you want to call out. But in, in the big sedan world, yeah. speaking yeah. of honesty, Lincoln Uh-oh. has introduced their Continental concept. Uh-huh. And I've been I've been carefully looking at this car, actually more so than the Cadillac. Because okay. the big controversy is the nearly direct references to the Bentley that it that it shares. Mm. And mm-hmm. I'm in agreement because Cadillac has nailed their styling and they, they've nailed their design language and their look. Whereas Lincoln, to this point, they've floundered. They've splashed around and they're just not sure who they are anymore. They're trying to and find themselves. Yeah, yeah. It, they're trying to find themselves. And I don't think they've done this. They couldn't go retro. And then this car comes out, and I think, that's a great new-looking be- Lincoln. Continental? Mm-hmm. Why are they bringing that back? It, the articles here are saying that the Continental name inspired them. But I'm thinking, well, inspired them to do what? Because hmm. I don't think it's an honest interpretation of where the brand should be, even though I agree that it needs some uh, you know, flagship, luxury, bigger car like this to compete with the Cadillac CT6, yes. the Germans that we're talking about. I'm just not convinced. I, I like it. I like the look, but that's because yeah. I like the Bentley look too. And I hear you. I, I mean, don't I, know that the Lincoln is finding their form and find, standing on their feet here. I really don't. Well, I mean, I, I, have, I have trouble taking it seriously because this to me feels so much still in the concept dream world that I, that's kind of why I looked over it because it was like, okay, great, Lincoln Continental concept looks cool and moving on because it, if it ever happened, it'll look nothing like this. Sure, but, I mean, but you look what at else some do they have pieces, is the problem. Kind of but you're right. That, They've that, got nothing else to look them. back or lean on other yeah. than retro, and that's so hackneyed and tired and cliched, it's not even funny. But I, but I will I will say this though coming out I, I'm glad you linked these two because here's one thing about the Continental name that, that I have to say though 
this is them playing. I mean, let's hope they aren't going to ruin the name, but whatever they actually make. But this is kind of what I wish Cadillac would do. I've said it before. You know, what if that new CT6 was the new Eldorado? I mean, that to me sounds cool. I wish, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing wrong with the old names that have got gravitas. Let's put those back on some new car that has gravitas. That would be cool. And, and that, in that regard, I applaud Lincoln for doing that. But the, but the, what this is going to require, if they really want to take this forward, that we're talking a bespoke chassis, and mm-hmm. we're talking a you know total rethink of let's make a car that does not feel linked to the Ford product line. I feel like Cadillac is working hard to do that. Lincoln has been hard pressed to even attempt that. Oh, if you're yeah. going to go Continental, you're going to have to go throw down, and it's going to have to feel bespoke. If it looks like a Bentley, it looks like a Bentley. But I. I don't, at this point, don't trust Lincoln to do something this bold. And this just feels like one of those fantasy concepts to me. But we'll see. I'd love to be wrong. I really would. I can tell you why they, they reference that Bentley is because of market positioning, because of the look oh, of course. and the tall yeah, yeah, body yeah. side. It's all about proportion uh-huh. here. And sure. they want to reposition point. the brand. So to do that, they need a large car, the, the halo mm-hmm. car, bring back the Continental name. I can I can see the design brief in my mind. Bring this back, <laughs> of course you can. and that that in buyers' minds elevates it to you know not quite Bentley status, but it has the same flavors, and sure, therefore elevates sure. that to as you yeah, said, yeah, yeah. break it away from the Ford mold. Now we're charging more for these cars; they carry mm-hmm. more uh, more technology on them, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I can definitely see why they did that. But I'm just not convinced they're being honest with the, with themselves. Interesting. Well, I'll, 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 we'll see. I mean, you know, there was an announcement a little while back that uh, Ford was going to spend, I think it was like $6 billion with a B, trying to make wow. Lincoln relevant. Uh, best of luck to you. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, and I don't, say that, I don't say that to be tacky. I just say that that is a really hard task. So I'm very curious to see what of this, what of this concept can be reality. Uh, let's hope for the best. I, w- I would love, I would love in a few years to be like, we have to tell you guys about this, Lincoln. That would be quite a <laughs> shift, but we'll see if that happens. Hey, they didn't wanna... end up needing Matthew McConaughey at all anyway. So uh, I actually preferred the Jim Carrey variations of those yeah, commercials, I agree. by the way, which makes me think <laughs> fondly about uh, Lincoln. But moving on, I, I, I want to I say one car really quickly. I almost want to just glance at it. I don't even really want to spend much time, but I have one little crack I want to make about one other New York Auto Show car, and then we should move on. And that is Subaru throws down this very hot-looking BRZ STI, and everybody goes, oh my gosh, there it is, there it is. And then you read any of the fine print, and I have to start <laughs> laughing because I honestly feel like somebody is sitting in a board meeting now, and it all, this almost feels like an April Fool's joke. I mean, really, because it feels, like it feels like they're sitting in board meetings now, and they're actually proactively, I feel like there's a team of people at Subaru and Toyota trying to figure out what can we do to the GT86 twins that's everything but power? we got to leave power. That's the joke. Let's do everything but that. Right. Because here is this throwdown again, and all it is is a, hey, we want to make STI our aftermarket brand. We're trying to you know, make STI a bigger deal, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we didn't do anything to the power. No, 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 we didn't do anything to the power. This just... Folks, seriously, this is a great chassis. It's a fun car to drive. Everybody is saying offer us a more power version. <laughs> and I feel like feel like they're proactively ignoring that. Now they're like thinking of ways to do everything, but I, I'm just I'm floored that it's happened again. It's the power has become the giant elephant in the room. And I'm oh, as I'm with you. So. I'm as skeptical as anybody because I see a new model, something come out you know, comes out in terms of, hey, it's the convertible or it's the, you know, the special edition, the STI performance concept. 
And yeah. yet, it's still the same power. And I go, yeah. mm, I just, I, I'm almost not taking it seriously anymore. I, I like this concept. As a matter of fact, I love how this looks. I like the front I, clip better. The wheels, yep. they've nailed it. Yep. I like the giant spoiler sitting out back. It looks aggressive. And it's no looks more like powerful blast. than looks the one like off a the showroom floor. I agree with you. The, 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 front, the front and rear fascias look great. The taillights look great. Awesome looking wheels. Great, sexy variation of the BRZ, and I don't. I, I like the BRZ. I don't consider it a sexy car. This is a sexy BRZ, and yes, it's, it's great. The same problem. Same problem. <laughs> I, I think, can make all sorts of crass other commentaries are going through my brain. <laughs> I should move on because I just I'm sitting here floored. We as soon move as on they screw debates. a turbo to that car, sales will go up. As soon as they do, sales will go up. Supercharger, turbocharger. Yes. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yes, but a I will acknowledge blowing more air into the engine. I agree with you, but will I will increase sales. It will have the same problem that the cars have had so far, and that is they will initially be the belt of the ball, and all the people that have money and want that will go out and buy one, and then it'll be crickets. So that's probably the reason they're not doing it because of extra Maybe. development and extra cost. But you know, because this is a niche car, this is the problem. I mean, it's why the the sales of the BRZ FRS have fallen off a cliff is because everybody that wanted to buy one new did. And if it was yeah. a turbo one, everybody would unload those versions and that's got the money would buy the new versions. And the first year, sales will be awesome. And year two, they'd be in the toilet because it's just a niche car. I hate to say yeah. it, but it just happens over I almost and feel over. like Toyota and Subaru, the, this relationship, what they've done, they've shot themselves in the foot because they haven't gone more power. I kind of feel that way. Maybe. I, I hope, more than anything, I hope there's a Gen 2, but I don't know. That I'm not holding my breath there. We should yeah. move on to car debates. We should start with Eric. This is the RN that has not told us where he is, but he has said, <laughs> hey, guys, baby on the way, which means I'm going to have a lot of stuff. And, yes, Eric, you're going to have a lot of stuff. So he's kind of leaning wagon, but there, there's, there's layers of this. He's got a, a current Gen uh, Buick Regal right now that he actually has a six-speed and he likes. That's his everyday car. And then his other car is a, an old uh, 97 BMW Z3 convertible, which he just mm-hmm. loves driving around on the weekend. And he's going, all right, these are the cars in my life. The Buick's gotten boring. Uh, the Z3 is a convertible, which isn't exactly going to make it very baby-friendly. So he's actually considering getting rid of both. His primary question for us is, let's get a good family car. I think I need a wagon. And I, I want a side note. Eric, I'm not sure you have to have a wagon. If you have an enormous trunk, you can still get there. He doesn't want an SUV. He's interested in some driving fun. I'm curious where you went here, Paul. You know, there's one thing that we don't know with is Eric's budget. We're not exactly mm-hmm. sure. You know, selling both cars, that's a good idea. And then taking yeah, that yeah. money, adding if you've got any extra Depends on if you're you got an appetite for a car payment or not. So we don't exactly know sure, where his budget sure, sure. is. Yeah, we're but I'm not blowing there. it out here. I, I'm keeping it conservative. I, I want to bring up one car that is kind of wagonish and one car that isn't. Okay. Um, and the first car that I I kind of feel like I kind of feel like this could be your next car, Eric, because you're asking for mainly two things: manual transmission mm-hmm. and baby friendly. Well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The car that I'm, I'm talking about is the Ford Focus ST, and here's the reason. It's because okay. the one that we drove for the show, if you go back and watch our YouTube yeah, video yeah. comparing that against the Mazda Speed 3, the one that we drove was owned by a guy who had a brand new baby. And he True. cleared the baby True. seat out of it, and he and his wife, they wanted to kind of keep things smaller deliberately. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yes, Eric, Todd can tell you better than I how your world is going to turn to plastic because the baby's uh-huh. on the way. 
However, yep. that stuck in my mind about this this guy whose car we we drove. He wanted to deliberately keep you know keep things to a minimum. I I don't know how well you're going to be able to do that. I think it depends on the couple, but true, uh, true. I, I think that could be interesting. But it might not be big enough. It would certainly give you the dynamics you're looking for that and the Mazda Speed Three. Mm-hmm. But my other choice, speaking of Mazda, is the CX-5. And the reason is it's a little bit bigger. It's still mm-hmm. wagonish feel, but I yeah. kind of think you're going to like it better in terms of a bit more space. It's still going to be fuel efficient. It's going to be an eager puppy. You know, it's it's going to be very happy to, to go on sporty yeah, yeah. drives. We like it a lot, but I think just a little bit bigger for you. It's still wagonish. But I think it's it's still not an SUV and it's still not a wagon. It's somewhere in between. Yeah, so I, I mean, think it's, that it car is, could yeah. appeal. And it, we've recommended it before. That would be my comment to Eric is that the initial response to the CX-5 is going to be, no, I, I don't want an SUV. I get that. And you have right. said that here. The CX-5 is borderline. This is not going to feel like most SUVs. There are those five seats. It actually is dynamically interesting. But it does have that higher ride height. It is the classic CUV concept. Right. So right. I agree. Maybe that works. If if I will say this, depending upon your budget, Eric, could you get into the GLA Mercedes? I just now thought of that because oh, that's that a is actually choice. a sporty side of the five seat. It's not really an SUV. Yes. I mean, when you really when you really look at one of those, the, the, you know, it's it's the it's the CUV version. It's the it's the Q5 competitor. If you follow me, it's the CUV version of the CLA, but. When you stand by one, that is a small, low-slung car for that market segment. Mm-hmm. So if you can, and again, we don't have a budget. If you could go that high, Eric, I would say look at the GLA seriously. I want to take a left turn for a second, though, and just talk about the whole baby reality in relation to cars. Okay. We we could almost do, I don't think we should, but, it, but there's a part of me that <laughs> thinks it would be funny. We could almost do a series. You remember the series, Will It Blend? Oh, of course. We could we could almost do a car series that is Will It Baby. And just there's two <laughs> things. There's two things that are required. That's funny. One, you've got to have the when when it when the, the little one is brand new, you've got to have the rear facing monster trash can sized baby seat. That's part one. Will that go in the back seat? And then part two is your monster has everything, including cup holders and missiles, stroller. And yes. Honestly, yes. And I have heard of families doing this, and I understand why. You practically have to take the stroller to the car dealer and collapse it and see if that monster thing that's almost the size of a coffee table when it's folded up, will that go in the trunk? Because instantly, cars get thrown out because it doesn't fit the baby uh, seat or it doesn't fit the stroller. One of those two kills cars for, for new families all the time. But I will say to you, it doesn't have to be a wagon here. The other thing I want to say is you are clearly, Eric, you are a manual transmission guy, and I could not applaud you more for that. However, I will say, brand new baby, you and your wife have got a baby, just give in and go automatic for the family car. I think you should get yourself another fun car. But but think about this. You've got screaming child, you've got oh they dropped their their pacifier. Oh look, they've thrown their uh their their water thing across the car. You need a free hand. I'm just putting that out there. If you're in the car by yourself with a little one, you need a free hand and shifting is just one more thing to have in the situation. I kind of think at least for a little while, a few years, let the manual thing die for the family car. And I love manuals, and I still think that's the case. Mm. Get your get rid of your Z3. Get yourself a you know small two plus two uh, sports car where you can put a, a little one in the back if you have to. Just keep that manual. 
but go automatic, go family car, kind of embrace that, look for fun in that world. Well, I, I like your suggestions, and Eric, apparently no manual transmission because of projectile sippy cups through the car, so I guess you're exactly. going to have to let that one die. Exactly. But... They come whistling around. You never, <laughs> well, you never know. You never know what random plastic thing comes flying. I don't making, think this is just making me, a, folks. I really a dent don't. in your car from the inside out. That would be bad. Exactly. Um, I, I like your suggestions there, and I, I like the GLA. My biggest thought here is that every time mm -hmm. I go to Europe, I think, well, gee, European parents somehow didn't drive gigantic Suburbans and sure, they raised their sure. children and they didn't yeah, yeah, have yeah. the giant stroller that when you fold it up, it's now the size of your trunk. When you unfold it, you could yeah. drive around in it with your family. You seriously could. Yeah. They don't have as many cup holders. Yeah. They don't have 7-Eleven. They don't care. And, and yet somehow their kids are children normal, happy, well-adjusted children <laughs> and they have plenty of toys. How do they do it? How do they yeah, do it with smaller, diesel-powered, manual transmission cars? It's, That's it my is big a mystery. question. I hear I'm, you. I hear you. This is, I, mean, I, that, I can't explain it. I'm asking. I'm asking for you listening. Please this, tell me. But, I mean, this brings, up, this brings up the fact that you could go manual transmission, GTI, and have one heck of a family car. Right. Can you figure out the, uh, the stroller? Probably. Will it take a child seat? Probably. I mean, I think a GTI is a really fascinating thought here. The new ones are sexy looking. They're a classy car. The older ones, you know, the Mark VI is a great one too. I think that's got to be in there. And that would probably check all the boxes for Eric. Uh, and and the, the great thing about the GTI is it is much bigger and more usable than you think when you see the outside packaging. Sure. I, I like that Mercedes GLA. I actually looked at those, and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're not too much over 33. They start at 33, and Mercedes was pretty good at keeping it right in that range, like 36-ish, fully loaded, done, out the door. Yeah, if you, if you could, could do, do that, 35, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. If you could do 35 to 40, you can absolutely get a GLA that's not going to feel bare bones. It's going to feel decent. I think it's I think it's worth looking at. So GLA, we did CX-5, we did uh, GTI. I mean, we're kind of all over the map. I mean, we if are. you really want to go manual and you want to go big wagon, you kind of have to go either Cadillac CTS wagon or possibly an older 5 Series wagon if you can find one. Those are awesome. But now we're talking an older car that's going to need maintenance that's German. Maybe be a, be yeah, a problem there. I don't know. Sure. I, I keep standing on this question. How do they do it? How do, they, how do the Europeans do it? For that matter, everybody else in the world. Why is it just an American phenomenon where we need seventy-two cup holders, and that's the selling point of the car? I don't I, get I, it. I, I think I think lawyers might have been involved at some point with safety oh, regulations. No. But I mean, you know, <laughs> here's here's a side note you probably don't know. Did you know there is a constantly updated list of child equipment, be they cribs, be they child seats. This is like the child podcast suddenly. But but there's a constantly updated list that is constantly telling you the ones that are now catastrophically dangerous for your child and six months ago were considered great. Uh, it's unbelievable what? how that stuff is constantly changed. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, No, I didn't yeah. know this. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's absurd. I mean, you can find, well, you know, that used to be a good child seat, but now, now we're smarter and that one is terrible. It's unbelievable how we're just, we're, we're safety conscious to a crazy degree. 
And look, there, there's a lot of it that's great, but that's the thing. Everything is is over defended, and uh, yeah, it's, and now it's chocolate is good for you. Chocolate's not good for you. Who knows what? Coffee. Hey, bad. chocolate Coffee's is always. Cho- watch yourself there, buddy. Chocolate <laughs> is always good for you. So, Eric, I, look, there's a lot of stuff going on here. I mean, I I feel like get yourself. You know what? The more I think GLA, which obviously is only automatic, or GTI, I like that scale for you because I think you're going to mm-hmm. keep an interesting, uh, you know, interesting scale. But you may want to let go of the manual transmission. If you get rid of your Z3, I think there's a lot of things you could go for. Uh, you've asked about a used S4. I think your reliability on that might be a problem because you've asked that question. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's. I'd love to know what your budget would be for car number two because that would be an, another interesting kind of alternative car debate. But we've thrown a lot of stuff out for Family Car. Hopefully something in there has been helpful. Something's got to be in there. All right, Matt, here we go. We're rocking. We're, we're moving on to, uh, to Matt in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt has written us that he has a 2012 Volkswagen GLI uh-huh. with the DSG. Yep. He's sitting yep. here trying to figure out whether he should buy it or not because he's leased it. And mm-hmm. it's only worth about 15 grand. He's kind of thinking, eh, it's not really maybe the vehicle that he needs. Here's the big twist, though. It's got the DSG. He's... He's an enthusiast, but he doesn't drive manual, which is okay. Yep. That's fine. Yep. I highly recommend having that skill in your back pocket. But but he's just for never now, learned, and a lot of people are in that's that fine. Boat, unfortunately, yeah, that's yeah, completely yeah. fine. So what he's asking is, I think I I don't think Matt's asking if he should keep it. I really think he's asking. What should I get instead? I, you should I agree. I, I kind of feel like this, this email starts with a kind of he's asking permission, should I unload it? And my short answer to you, Matt, <laughs> yes. would be yes. Because if for no other reason than what you always say, Paul, and that is you can move on to a new car experience. Doesn't, right. I mean, you don't have to move on because you hate your current vehicle. You like your GLI, uh, GLI enough. I, I, so, so let's just move on to something else. If you can move on, why not have a new car experience? I think that is the key start, starter point. But keep going. All right, Matt likes the BMW 3 Series wagon, the Audi A4 Avant, and the Cadillac uh-huh. CTS wagon. So maybe you're yeah, sensing yeah, a theme here that he kind of likes a wagons. Bit of a bit of a wagon guy, yeah. And he's got uh, what did we decide budget was here? About twenty grand. So About he's twenty grand. Going, and, and and he's he acknowledges he'd prefer rear, rear, uh, pardon me he'd prefer all wheel drive. He has also tipped his hat to me and said, "Yes, Todd, I've heard you. You've talked about tires. And guess what, folks? <laughs> Which I love winter tires. But but here's the thing. He said. He carries camera gear around for work. He carries, you know, he goes camping. He wants a wagon. He is specifically saying, guys, I want a wagon. So that's brought him to 3 Series wagon, A4 wagon, Cadillac CTS wagon. That's where he started. So where did you go from there, Paul? Well, he mentioned the Subaru WRX wagon, which, yes, Mm -hmm. in Wisconsin, I get it. The weather and cars probably get beat on there, I'm sure. It's probably a bit difficult to keep them nice and, and just you know, keep on top of maintenance and that kind of stuff. Well, not maintenance, but just, you know, car just, care, yeah. cleaning, that kind of thing. Yeah. Welcome to weather. So, yeah, I hear you. Yes, WRX. Yes. You know, what about a really nice Saab 92X? Want to buy Todd's car? He's kind Thank of you. Yeah, well, no, I was, seriously, I mean, no, um, nothing to do with, nothing to do with selling my <laughs> 92X, but I had my, the 92X on the list because if you're going to look at the Subaru WRX wagon, but you're coming out of a German car, you, you know, can't you're ignore gonna, that it, car. Yeah. The WRX is a step down in feel, 
The 9.2X doesn't claw all that back by any means, but it does claw a bit of it back in the, in the look of it. So, you know, it's worth considering, and you could find one definitely for your budget. I mean, most 9.2Xs out there, this is crazy, but they're running, and this is the downside to me selling mine, but anyway, they're running uh, three, four grand less than the equivalent WRX when you're shopping the same years, same mileage. It's shocking because nobody knows the, w, the 9.2X exists. So all of you guys listening oh, yeah. now know the 9.2X exists. So uh, yeah. Anyway, but oh, for that twenty grand, you could get a, a, you'd sure. have money left over. Wouldn't, would you? Oh, not? sure. You'd get a gorgeous one and have money left yeah. over. Now they're older cars. They only made them oh five, oh six, and an oh six is a unicorn. I mean, literally hundreds of them were sold in oh six. So <laughs> you're gonna prop. You're gonna probably tens find of them were o- sold across the country. Exactly. Exactly. Wait. You're gonna find an oh five <laughs> most likely. But, uh, you know, it's all Subaru parts, pretty much, so that's easy to maintain. It's worth considering. Keep going. Sorry. Well, Matt, I'm kind of – I want to get you something that is fun to drive from an enthusiast category. But we are listening to you about your work for getting camera and audio equipment around, for having all-wheel drive, for having space in the back. Um, I'm taking that into consideration, too, and, and maybe leaning a little bit more towards that. So the 3 Series wagon is going to give you the best driving feel, probably in that order. 3 Series, A4 Avant, and CTS, probably you know in descending order. I also I'd, I'd had put a the thought CTS for you there. above the A4. I've got to disagree with you there. I think the CTS wagon would feel a little better than the A4. It's, I mean, it's going to be hair's breadth kind of stuff, and it's going to probably come down to the driver and what they prefer. But if I had to put money on it, I would say 3 Series wagon with with the stick. CTS wagon with, with a stick, stick and then okay. a four in in enjoyment level I think and, and even going all-wheel drive on all of the above I think that's the way to go I don't know how easily you're going to find that CTS wagon all-wheel drive stick but it's out there it does exist and so does the three series in that regard um, hmm. I mean the right. three series wagon three three series wagon it feels like a three series wearing a backpack I mean that's what it feels like it's it's sure. a it, dynamically interesting car well Matt nevertheless I thought of those cars. I like them. They're good choices. I think we could keep pushing, though. And so I thought about the Volvo XC70. Now, not an enthusiast car. The Mm. 3 Series is going to drive far better. But certainly, yeah, Yeah, it's going to be more of your get out. And uh, you also were writing in about just getting out on road trips and sort of getting into backcountry roads. And so that car popped in my mind. But forget all that. Forget everything we've said up Uh-oh. to now Uh-oh. because I've got your car, Matt. I do. Oh, no. I believe I do. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I don't think you're ready for this. It's I'm, the car I'm, that we, we've not ever recommended because I don't I'm think stu- we've I'm ever stunned had a place into to silence, put it. Which is hard for me. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to be stunned into silence. Moving on. Yes. I don't think we've ever had a place for this car because, okay. Matt, I think you're, the, the things you're writing in, the qualifications here for this car, I think they're met in the Audi Q5 Quattro, the 2.0 Quattro. It's not Hmm. a wagon, but it has more space in the back. It's Quattro for the winters, and it does handle well. I've driven the 2.0 Quattro. It's actually pretty fun, and it doesn't feel like the the SUV that you're talking about that's going to be big and lumbering. It really doesn't. It does feel nimble. That 2.0 engine, Audi has put in everything across the Volkswagen lineup. There's going to be parts galore. It's going to run fine. It's going to get great gas mileage, all-wheel drive with the Quattro, Mm. and more room in the back than any of those wagons. The 3 Series, the A4, the CTS, the Volvo, any of those. You fold those seats down, you're going to get even more space. 
And I feel like it's going to take you on the backcountry roads. I feel like it's going to take you winters and still have some good driving experience, some good enthusiast experience to that. And by the I way, think that'd be, bet you can find it for 20 grand. No problem. I think that would be an interesting ownership experience. I don't know that it actually – I'd have to pull up the cubic inches, which means nothing to me other than to compare numbers. But, hey, I don't know that it actually has more space than the other ones we're talking about. I mean that CTS wagon – has a surprising amount of space in the back. It is a, it is a bigger car than you realize until you walk up to it and go, huh, that's actually sure. quite a bit of space. But but I, you're interesting interesting off in the weeds there. I have one that I think maybe even more in the weeds than you've gone. Oh really? I'm I'm curious. What what I was struck you come up by with? something totally out of the blue. And 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 in this case, Matt, this is something you can get all wheel drive. It's going to be very rare. If you're really lucky, you might find it stick. I don't know that you will, honestly. Mm. Uh, and there's a lot of things about the CTS-4 that I really like for you. But I'm going to say this. Brace yourself. Saab 9.3, the sport combi, all-wheel drive. Whoa! Not easy to find, but I've got one I'm looking at right now, 2010. It's the Aero X, X-wheel drive is how they list it. So it's the all-wheel drive, sport wagon, sport combi. It's got 50,000 miles. It's 18 grand. They're That's not out there. They're not common. You can find parts. It will be a little bit of a hunt. You can find parts. I looked at Consumer Reports stuff for it. They do okay. This is not a money pit car. It's also not a, this is a just a reliability, <laughs> just fantasy. It, this it's is a toaster. Be, it's going to be middle of the road, I suspect. I, I you know, so this is an interesting out, you know, out of the box kind of thinking. Um, I just thought of that. I thought, you know what? If you could find one, that would just be a unique car, all wheel, good all wheel drive system. You could go somewhere. You know, you could just go to a car that's unexpected. If you could find one, it'd be interesting. I kind of feel like three series or CTS wagon is the much more obvious choice. And of the the obvious ones we started with, the three, the A four, and the CTS, I think the CTS is probably going to be the cheapest to run. But um, there's my crazy wild card: the Saab nine three Sport Combi all wheel drive. Yes, I can't say I've ever go. seen one. I've seen the nine threes, but the Sport. I, Combi? I've seen some, and I've seen some. They are cool looking. They are very cool looking. What what um, components did that char- car share? Any components with anything else? I'm just trying to think. You know did what I, I'm going to do? I'm going to not answer that question because I'm going to get it wrong. Yeah, but, I, I'm uh, trying to think if it did. But I, I feel like you're right. It's out there because parts are a problem. But the good part about that equation could be you could talk that owner down because, you know, you're arguing, yeah. well, they're they're hard to find. They're rare and not in production anymore, obviously. I mean, the car company isn't in production anymore. Yeah, And yeah, yeah. Uh, you could say, well, for that reason, you could get them far cheaper it, it's a it's a trade off, and it kind of depends on you know what your appetite for that sort of thing is. That's out Agreed. there, though. I, I yeah. Do you want to go? Like actually, you know what? I have to, unique. You know? I have to correct myself. the The sport combi I'm looking at is actually an 08 for twenty grand, sixty five thousand miles. But great okay. looking car, unique looking car. It I, I I specifically Matt, I'll, I'll acknowledge. I specifically was looking for something oddball just to throw in here, and that felt like it met met all of the categories here and so i'm th- putting that out there i know it's not normal but it's a turbo i mean it's like 250 horsepower turbo good torque unique hmm. animal right there so anyway there's my wild card wow uh, we should probably move on before i invent some car for matt uh, <laughs> but, fantastic yeah. matt what you need is a ferrari ff it's all-wheel drive Perfect. plenty of horsepower Perfect. done 
Yeah, oh, wait. take that camping. Oh, I'm, take that I'm camping. Too many Why not? Zeros yeah. Here. No, let's, let's get let's get two. Why not? Let's just get one for <laughs> for the dog and one for the camping equipment. You can drive them both. Anyway. Exactly. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. If you've got your own car debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail dot com. Write write to us with uh, with your thoughts. Please include your budget. That's uh, very helpful for, for us, as you can yes, see. It is. And as we said at the top of the podcast. Check our, check our videos out on YouTube. We've got a lot of the cars that we've driven. Some of them we mm-hmm. haven't posted videos to, but that means we've probably driven at a track event or a track day. So, true, true. Uh, we, we come from you know a, a growing catalog and a long list of cars that we've driven, and uh, it's fun to be able to, to help you guys get into something because we know it's not yeah. always easy to go do the test drives, even though we recommend getting seat time and doing your buying experience all in a mm-hmm. day or in a weekend if you can, so you get that seat-to-seat time like we do in our videos. So check out the videos. We're really yeah. appreciative of you watching and listening, so thank you. And if you're looking for us, guess what? Wherever you are, it is slash Everyday Driver, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, oh, and I, you know what? I'm going to go on a, a little side note here, by the way. Did you know we have two podcasts? <clears throat> Here's my point. <laughs> if you go on iTunes and you search for Everyday Driver, you will find two podcasts. One of them is the occasionally occasionally we post some of our videos to iTunes for people to help find us on iTunes. And it literally says in the actual thumbnail, it says video reviews. The other one is the Everyday Driver car debate that you're listening to now. If you're going to rate this podcast, please be sure you're rating on the car debate because while we do post some of our reviews to iTunes under a podcast banner, that is not this podcast. So we technically have two. I know that sounds weird. One of them is older content from the video side, and then this one you're listening to is the car debate. We would love to have your rating. We'd love to have you leave it on the car debate. Uh, But thank you guys for listening across the board, and we will definitely see you soon.